Hello, Connie. Hello. Oh, this is nice. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes, I can hear you. It's lovely to uh, be able to speak. Good. Good. Yes. Um, Yes. I was just going to say welcome to the podcast. Thank you. A life in biography. We're going to have to explain why a novelist is on my podcast about biography. I think it is germane and relevant. Before we get specifically to your your novel, your story, my story, tell us a little bit about yourself, what you've done, um, what you've accomplished as a writer. Oh, as a writer, well, um, I started in 1991. My first novel was named The Lost. That was my debut, and it was... um, well, sorry to, to boast, but it was a huge success. I sold about half a million copies of the first book. And so I got famous by night, as they say. And the thing is, I studied Dutch literature and philosophy before I started writing. And the subject of my philosophy master's was the, was fame. Or in fact, it was the the nasty uh, results of fame. I, I in fact I wrote about Socrates and that he had to commit suicide because of all the gossip around his personality. So fame was already very much my subject, and not only fame, also the biographical writing or talking or gossip or lying. So, in fact, it has been um, biography or biographical writing, gossip, talking, stories, who owns a story, has been my subject from beginning on. And then I, my second novel was The Friendship, about the friendship between two women, uh, who choose, in fact, a very different addiction to cope with their lives. And so it went on. And then I, my third novel was E.M. in Memoriam, which I wrote about my husband who died suddenly. And he was a very famous Dutch journalist, a bad guy, and um, a, a lovely bad guy. And <laughs> I, uh, yes, and I wrote a novel about him. So that was my first kind of biographical novel. And um, then I went on. Well, it, 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 it then um, let me think. I wrote Lucifer, which is a novel about how in the the Old Testament, in fact, it's evil to create. Well, it's kind of diff- sounds kind of difficult, but it's uh, in fact it's a novel about a Dutch composer. And um, he had a wife, and his wife died in Greece. And she, uh, uh, in in, Amer- in Amsterdam, they were very, very famous, notorious. And the question was, was she pushed or did she fall? Mm. Which the main question uh, where, where every, I mean, every fiction starts with that question: was she pushed or did she fall? If you don't, if you're not sure about a fate, if you don't know the truth, the real truth, if you don't know the facts, then 
fiction gets in, fiction starts at the moment that you don't know the facts. So, well, and then I wrote this book about Sylvia Plath and Ted Hughes, Your Story, My Story. Oh no, I wrote another book, that, which is called a kind of diary book about my second husband who was much older than, uh, than I am, 25 years my age. And um, he died after we've been together for 12 years. And, and I wrote a book about mourning, day by day mourning. Mm. Well, that's about it, Carl. Yeah, that's, that's, a, that's a marvelous um, body of work. Yeah. Uh, and the things that you, um, some of the things you say really strike uh, a chord with me. Your interest in fame, obviously, that's one of my interests. Yes. And the other phrase you use, which is really interesting to me and always comes up with biography, is who owns the story? Yes. That's such an evocative phrase. Yes. Um, so let's get into why were you attracted to um, the Ted Hughes, Sylvia Plath story? And why did you decide to, to write in Ted Hughes's voice? Well, I think they are the most famous uh, literary couple, love couple in, in, in history. And I read a lot of biographies on, on, on Sylvia Plath. And, and I felt sorry for the way Ted Hughes was treated in those biographies. And so that that's, it, it, it came back to me, the fate of Socrates how he was treated by the people in Athens talking about him. So I thought, how can a person with obviously a, a, also a very soft soul, if you read his poems, he, he also is a very tender, rough person, a rough guy with a lot of tenderness. And how can he be treated in biographies as the villain, as the murderer? And how is life as life has been for him, reading for 30 years about himself as a character in biographies? Uh, which is, I, I, I thought it was a, an awful fate. So I started to read more. And, well, no, the fact was that then the birthday letters appeared. I read those beautiful poems, and for the first time, he himself gave a voice to what happened to him, how he was in this marriage, how he, how it was to be the husband of Sylvia Plath, and well, that gave me the idea to, well, no, well, that gave me the idea to to write about those this this love, and the moment I decided to write it from the perspective of that use was the moment that I was so frustrated. I didn't know how to get into the subject, how to treat the subject, how to handle all those thoughts I had about this love, about the biography, about being called a murderer in a biography, about suicide, not being sure, why commit someone suicide? I didn't know how to handle all my ideas, all the material, everything I read about Sylvia Plath, the use, and etc. And then I went to France, as mostly in, in summers, 
And I was so frustrated and angry with myself that I only filled my trunk with books that I already had read about Sylvia Plath and Peggy. So no fun, no thrillers, <laughs> no new novels, only this work. And um, I started to read with the the foreword that Ted Hughes wrote um, for the diaries of Sylvia Plath. And suddenly I thought, this is my voice. He came so near to how I can sound, how I can think. So I thought, this is my voice. It's not very far away from my own voice. I can, I can use this voice, which was, and well, you with with every novel you need moments like this. There, I think you recognize it that you also, as a biographer, need moments like this. They are like magic. You find it, you know how to do it, you know how to handle your thinking and your thoughts. And that's what was happened. It was kind of magic. And I thought, I'll, I will write my book about Gloria Blatt and this love from the perspective of that use. Yeah, that's, that's very interesting. Um, just a few days ago, I interviewed um, Jerome uh, Charon who's yeah. done a biographical novel, uh, Sergeant Salinger by J.D. Salinger. Mm. And viewer, yeah. uh, listeners to this podcast, if they listen to Jerome Charon, he, they're going to see that he's saying some of the same things you are, particularly about finding a voice, mm -hmm. how to tell the story of someone who we already know about. In other words, this is not a character you've invented, no matter how much you invent about that character. Yes. yes. And the other thing that really strikes me, um, uh, and of course I've read your book uh, and wasn't thinking about it, um, couldn't know until you, you, you started speaking now, you mentioned your own creative process and your own experience of feeling frustrated and angry. Yeah. That comes through in the novel. <laughs> yes. That comes through Ted Hughes's voice. Oh, good. <laughs> yes. Well, it happened. I I was angry. I was frustrated. And of course, I've been imagining him as a frustrated guy, too. I mean, if you tend to, um, to prefer being silent about your love life or being silent or that, I mean, that you chose not to speak. And I understood that so well. I mean, I've, I've been famous for a very long time and you can't use the same prose in papers or, or, or to defend yourself. You, you can't defend yourself. You can't choose the, the, the medium that others choose to, to blame you or to attack you or to, or to love you. And you don't do that. So I was at the same time as frustrated as that use, and I was as proud as that use. One of the other, uh, my, one of my other questions that you sort of anticipated is when you started t talking about birthday letters. Yes. Where we do get Hughes's voice, and he is telling us something about through the medium of poetry. Yeah. But obviously, for you, birthday letters was not enough. Why not? Well, 
uh, I mean, prose is so different from poetry. In poetry, you can stick to the suggestive and to the, um, you can only indicate. But prose asks from you, the novel asks from you to, to create a, a well, story, things that belong together. Uh, well, so I had to create a character, which is that use already existing, um, which you don't need in, in, in poetry. You don't need a character. You don't need uh, antagonists. You don't need a protagonist. You don't need time and place and, and, and forward thinking and backward thinking. So this is all new things that come with the novel and the result is that you get into much more into a character than poetry can offer you. That's yeah, I, I can see that. Now I was going to say it's it's a different medium. It's Using prose is, you know, birthday letters isn't enough for precisely the reasons you said. Yeah, I think so. It it it, it isn't. It's it's mesmerizing and it's beautiful and uh, it's impressive, but um, you don't get the character. And in my novel, in your story, my story, it's it's much more. The theme is much more. Who owes the story? And he's grabbing the story. And in 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 his poetry, he's doing what he always does. He's making poetry, beautiful poetry. Um, but I have a theme, your story, my story, as the theme of the biography, who, owes, who is the owner of the love story of Ted Hughes and Sylvia Plath. So that is the, well, let's say, the intellectual theme. Another thing is that in the novel, you can show something uh, that you find, that I found out. I. Or, or that as a novelist, you find out. So in your story, my story, I try to show how much of the biblical story of the passion of Christ is in fact in the life of Sylvia Plath, how much she is thinking like a real Christian in sacrifices and sin and being at the same time the victim and the 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 Jesus figure who is who is who is self sacrificing to reach a goal to so I try to these are the well this is the kitchen of the novel that not you can you can't read it in every sentence but it's the underneath it's the stream underneath that keeps the novel together and makes it a deeper a reading experience than, let's say, a thriller. Yes, I think that's right, and I think that your 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 notion of the underneath of that stream that's going on, whether it's in every sentence or not. I was thinking about that when you said earlier you made a reference to Ted Hughes, you know, having to read about himself, and I feel that the character in your novel is a Ted Hughes who's read those other biographies. You know, he's not going to make direct reference to them in your book, obviously, but he's a character who's very much aware of how others have created him. Yes. 
that was the yes that very much i needed it very much though i don't know of course whether ted Hughes read all those novels or not yeah there's something if you just a reader like i'm i also am so i the only thing i the way i can know ted Hughes is also from the biographies yes that's right so there i i had to handle so a uh, kind of passivity uh, of course i know him that the thinking uh, the way he thought i most got not i i didn't find that so as much in the poetry m much more in his essays which i thought were wonderful intelligent and and really scholar beautiful scholarship that comes forward uh, out of, out of his, his reading of his essays to me, that's one of the great ironies of Ted Hughes's life because he, you know, he started out in a sense as a literary scholar at Cambridge, yeah, and then and then revolted against that, studied yeah. anthropology, and and has some very very critical things to say about critics, and yet yes. he himself is a marvelous critic. It is absolutely, and a yeah. marvelous scholar, and the way he wrote yes. about Shakespeare is just it's incredible. Yeah, that's, that's right. Now, I'm going to ask you some questions, and uh, I'll tell you these questions. I might have asked them anyway, but uh, I mentioned to a scholar of biographical novels that I was going to be interviewing uh, biographical novelists. Yeah. And I said uh, he has a list to serve, uh, and he posted to the scholars, you know, what questions. I asked him to, to say, you know, what questions would you like to uh, ask and have answered? So I'm going to ask you some of these questions. Some of them I think you have already in a way answered, but I'll put them to you anyway. And some sure. we can probably dispatch fairly quickly. Uh, the, the first question is, and I think you have answered this, but maybe you have something more to say. What drew you to this genre, to the biographical novel? Well, that, that's what I told you about my master in philosophy. Right. The incredible... Uh, you this incredible fact responsibility that goes with talking about other people, writing about other people, but you can't feel this responsibility day by day or minute by minute. But at the same time, it is there. Gossip can ruin a life. It, it, for instance, it, 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 I, I wrote this this um, uh, on Twitter a day ago, so. Amanda Knox, do you say Knox or Knox? Knox, Knox yeah. Knox, Amanda Knox. And, and she, she uh, apparently she wrote an article in, in, in about Stillwater, a movie that, that's released now by Matt Damon. And she's a figure, figures in it, or her story inspired this movie. And then she writes on Twitter, does my name belong to me, mm -hmm. my face? What about my life, my story? What does my name refer to events I had no end in? So this is a cry for what on earth are you doing with my life? <laughs> and that's in fact, it goes for everyone. I'm born in a village in the South, a small village. And I was as young as I was, I realized that how much I knew about people that I didn't know that only by people talk about people. They stay there at the village pump 
and they talk about people and they love to say nasty things about people. They yeah. prefer to say nasty things about people. They don't like to say good things. They say nasty things and bad things. So, and if the world becomes your village, if, if, then the world is very big. And then suddenly you realize how, how it works, how effective stories are on, on how people lead their lives and that it can kill people. And that's what always has fascinated me. The pharma, which comes from farm, fame, pharma comes from telling, talking, writing. So your, your novel uh, is a kind of, as you see it, a kind of corrective in a way. Well, it is, you mean a corrective to the, the fame of Ted Hughes or to what? Well, to the accounts of, of Plath and Hughes, that it's, it, it's an effort to, in a sense, reset the story. Well, it's an effort to tell the story from someone who's been, its life has been affected so much by storytelling and by yeah. by the biographical storytelling, and who had to be had to be a passive um, reader of his own life. I mean, in in fact, he 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 cried out in the same way as Amanda Knox. Does my name belong to you? Or does it belong to me? These are very philosophical questions. I mean, mm. with your name, you go out in, as they say so nice, in the public domain. So that's why you have a name. Otherwise, you wouldn't need a name. So you make yourself known to other people with your name. And to be honest, they can do with it what they want. So... What would Ted Hughes say? We can't know, of course, but wouldn't he say, you're using my name too? Yes, I think so. <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Right, he is. But you couldn't help yourself. I couldn't help myself. <laughs> really. I, was, I know. I was kind of in love with this. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah, mm -hmm. I understand that. It's, it's, I could say the same thing about myself as a biographer. Yes, uh, I I couldn't help myself. I had to do it. Yes, you had to do it. Here's I, another question no. for you. It, 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 and again, I think you have answered this, but perhaps you have something more to say. In what ways do the aims of biographical fiction differ from biography? I think that's what we've been talking about. Yes, that's okay. Yeah. And then, and, and in fact, you don't talk about aims when you talk about novels. Um, yes. And neither about when you talk about biography, you don't aim your infect in, in a very uh, basic way. You aim to to entertain and and to learn other to learn by entertaining. Um, to I, yeah. you know, I, I I agree. I mean, I don't I don't think about aims, especially no. when I'm in the midst of writing. No, you can't. Uh, there, you you can't. No, I don't see how you could do that. Um, when you're writing a narrative, the narrative takes possession of you in a way. I would, I would imagine it certainly does with me. In other words, my book turned once I, once I, I used to tell writing students all this time. Once you put that sentence down on the page, it's committing you to something. Yes, you, it, it commits to how you write the second sentence. Exactly. Yes. Yeah, and that's so different from some asking somebody asking, "Well, what is your theme?" <laughs> Or what is your aim? 
know, you're, you're, as a writer, you're, I've never thought about it in that way. Critics, yeah. I suppose, yeah. ask such questions, but writers, I don't think do. No, writers don't use the word aim. <laughs> Here's another very, very, yeah, very different kind of question. How do you know when to stop research and start writing? Well, that's interesting um, because in, somehow you want to go on with the with the searching and then the, the reading, and was it 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 you're not started this this scary and also beautiful project of writing, uh, but at the same time you long so much for ending the searching and want to begin. It's very hard. It's it's what I describe to you, Carl, this, this moment of magic, of, of meeting the voice, that of, 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 of finding a voice, of finding an angle to tell your story. Uh, and then uh, during the writing process, I just, for your so my story, I went on reading the poems of Ted Hughes so I could keep his voice very near to my own voice. Yes, yeah, I, I do something similar. I mean, I do, obviously I do research, but I start writing well before the research or the reading, you know, if it's a literary yeah. figure, I'm reading that figure all the time, yeah. even as I'm writing about that figure. It's, 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 not a, it's not a process I can separate into two parts. No, you go on with the reading and the finding and, and yeah. Yeah. Okay, here's a, um, uh, I guess what I'd call a compound academic question so it's a, it's a few okay. sentences okay <laughs> is there a particular ethics of biographical fiction are there ethical limits to the creative imagining of a real life that differ from those of either a fiction of purely invented lives or of straight biography yes there certainly is uh, though even though you call it fiction i mean and uh, well then I, now i have to tell something else another project of mine as a as a fiction writer is to change the meaning of fiction um i don't think fiction is the opposite of truth it's another way to handle truth it's it's not the opposite of of, of, of it's not lying it's 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 a very creative process. Now, of course, if you write about a real person, then you have this, what, what, what Colm Toybin, the Irish writer, who has very much experience with writing biofiction, especially about Henry James and so forth. And he called it the anchored imagination. So you're, you limit yourself to... Uh, uh, you you don't want to hurt the person you write about. You don't want to lie about the facts of his life. You don't want to hurt him with your interpretations. How you interpret how how your interpretations are about the facts of his life. You don't want to to libel. You you can't libel. You 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 have to be well giving. You have to give him a, a story. You have to give him, um, with all your empathy, a, a, a beautiful a character, a character that is very, very real 
to the people who read it. And of course, you're limited by the, yeah, by honesty and by a, a certain kind of truth. You can't uh, write about, well, um, things you didn't do. You can't, uh, for instance, accuse him of rape when he didn't rape another person or or killing or etc. You you use the name of a real person, so you are limited by a kind of reality. Yeah, there is a sense of responsibility. But you have um, the same, you have a bigger responsibility as a writer of biography. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. You're you're you're. I can't invent a scene. No. I can if I've got enough material, if I've got enough data, if I've got letters, if I've got oral testimony. Uh, if I knew the person, uh, there there's a way to certainly be scenic, to create scenes without, in a sense, inventing. I wouldn't, for example, take Ted Hughes's letters and turn them into a dialogue. For me, that just uh, that's creating some kind of reality that just never existed. No, 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 you can't do that. It yeah, it's a, it's it's yeah. violating the 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 essence of the letter uh, yes just you can't do that and that and and the essence of the biography i don't like biography so are experimental on that in that um will create uh dialogues that that happened yes yeah yeah it has happened yeah so what uh what could i ask you that i haven't asked you oh god <laughs> <laughs> I am not the, I'm not very good in, 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 in formulating questions to myself. Yes. To be honest. I know that I know the feeling. I'm always kind of nonplussed when people do ask me questions. You have to answer, but but it's it's not, it's not something that you would have put to yourself. No, you can't. You can't. Well, it's just been marvelous talking to you, Connie. I really well, uh, appreciate it. Well, thank you, Carl, for having me on this podcast. It's my first podcast. I always avoided it, but I think I will. I didn't even know that we had to we had to get in with the link. So yes, it was very nice talking to you. It was very good talking to you. Um, what happens now is I will post this as a link on Facebook and Twitter. I will send you the link, and good. you can do with it what you will. Oh, good. I will ask someone else how I can handle the link. Okay. Make it very more well known than up to now. Thank you, Connie. Thank you, Carl. Have bye a good bye. day. Bye bye.